my belt there earlier and I hadn't put it back. So uh, God's starting to give him very specific instruction about how to prepare for the flood and uh, what God is wanting him to do. And let's go ahead and read verse 14 down through verse 22. Is there a couple people that can read for us? Is there a couple readers we have? All right. We have one. We have two. Oh, I'm sorry. Genesis 6. Genesis 6. And let's... Um, he's going to go first. We'll have him read the first three verses, so 14 to 16, and then Deborah can read verse 17 to 22. So basically one paragraph and one paragraph is how it's broken up. Genesis chapter 6, beginning in verse number 14. Make an ark of gopher wood. You shall make rooms in the ark and shall pitch it inside and outside with pitch. And this is the fashion that you shall make it of the length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its breadth 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window to the ark, and in a cubit you shall finish it above, and the door of the ark you shall set it in its side with lower, second, and third stories you shall make it. All right, verse 17 to the end. And behold, I, even I, am bringing a flood of waters on the earth to destroy all flesh, in which is the breath of life, from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with you I will establish my covenant, and you shall come into the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you, and of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort you shall bring into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of fowls according to their kind, and of cattle according to their kind. Of creeping thing of the earth according to his kind, two of every sort shall come to you to keep them alive. And take for yourselves from all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it for yourself, and it shall be for food for you and for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So did he. All right. Well, let's have prayer together. And uh, Brother Rosario, would you pray for us, please? Amen. All right, so God comes to Noah, and he gives him a very specific command. This command is to make an ark of gopher wood. God had already told him the flood was coming. The flood is going to cover the earth, and in order to preserve life and to preserve his family, um, God is calling him to prepare, and he tells him, make an ark of gopher wood. Now, quick question is, I don't know how much Noah knew about making an ark. I have a feeling that nobody had made an ark before. Um, they had built other things. There was obviously other creations and, and uh, you know, carpentry type things. But building, especially something of this size, was not something that people just did every day. You couldn't go online and buy shipbuilding plans or, you know, it, it was a different era and so God comes and he says, make an ark of gopher wood. And God's going to give him some specific instructions. But the quick point about gopher wood is that this word, this is the only time in the Bible we find this word, the gopher, there. It's the only time we find that word. And 
we don't precisely know what type of wood it was. We have gopher here, but there isn't even, today there isn't like in gopher wood that you can say, this is it, this is the same. We don't really know. Um, some people think it was cypress wood, but obviously it was some sort of wood that was good for its purpose, right? Um, one commentary I read said that somebody that, that thought it was the same type of wood, that these gates were built with the Roman Empire, and a thousand years later they were still standing, and the idea that it, they lasted long. I'm sure whatever kind of wood it was, it was great for water, all right? I just have a feeling that that's God in his wisdom set it up that way. Now, the word for ark here is interesting because it, it appears one other time in the Bible. Does anyone know a context that this word for ark would be used anywhere else in the Bible? It's the same idea, but on a much smaller scale. Uh, nope, kind of close, but no. That's a good guess, but that's a different, different word, I believe. It has to do with when Moses was put in the basket. The word for the basket is the same word for the ark here. So we generally think of boat when we think of ark. We think of boat, but um, others have, have suggested the word barge and box. And if you've seen a, good, a relatively good description of the ark in, in drawings or in a picture, or has anyone ever been to the ark encounter? I've been there. How many others have been there? Okay. So they have their take on that, and I think it's very reasonable what they have there. They're certainly much more, they thought about it a lot more than me, okay? But it's very large, and it was somewhat boxy. It was somewhat something of a big, you know, it wasn't like a speedboat, right? It wasn't even like we might think of an ocean liner, but it was more of just a big, big container to preserve all that God would, would put there in the ark. So um, it, it was meant to sustain this storm. It, it would float. It was strongly built. And Noah gets these instructions to build this ark, okay? Now, verse, uh, at the end of the verse, he says, you shall make rooms in the ark and shall pitch it inside and outside with pitch. So they're, you know, covering it with sealant, with tar, with caulk, if you will, and making sure that it's all very uh, watertight, and um, making preparation. So he's going to go into substance of what it looked like. In just a minute, uh, we'll get there, but I wanted to ask this one question, and that is, some people try to teach that this flood was not a worldwide flood, right? They say it was just a local flood. Well, there's a couple issues with that, and one is, why would you build an ark to escape a local flood, right? If you have a local flood coming, you can just go somewhere else, right? Noah had 120 years before the flood came, right? If it was just like, hey, there's going to be a flood in this little area over here, he, he had 120 years to get himself somewhere else, right? But also, what about this? God said he would, all on the earth would perish, right? And that couldn't take place with a local flood. And then remember at the end of the flood how God makes a promise, and we're going to get there. He said he would never judge the earth in this way with water again. If his judgment was a local flood, then God has been breaking that promise a whole lot since then because we've had local floods, right? Uh, has anyone been a part of a local flood before? All right, we have one there. There's a very famous uh, book about the Johnstown flood that was in Pennsylvania. No, I know, I, that's not your time. But um, I'm just saying that uh, there are local floods that take place in different places. So when God says you have to get in this boat to preserve your life, and it's very clear in the text, God promised a worldwide flood. 
All right, verse 15, and this is the fashion you shall make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its breadth 50 cubits, its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window to the ark, and in a cubit you shall finish it above. And the door of the ark you shall set in its side, with lower, second, and third stories you shall make it. So if we could do the dimensions, it says that we got 300 cubits in length, and I probably can't draw this to scale, but um, we got 300 in length this way, and then the height of it is only 30 cubits, right? So the length of it is one-tenth, I'm sorry, the height of it is one-tenth the length of it, right? So it's very much, much longer than it is tall. And then the width of it, I think it said was 50. Is that right? It's 50 cubits, all right? So if I'm a horrible drawer, but just stick with me here. We'll do it like this. And then you got to connect your ends. Boop. All right, I'm so great with my boxes here, aren't I? Man, for this I went to college, okay? And then you got to connect your tops here. Where's my other corner? There it is. All right. So we, we have a very long box. Wah, he built it much better than this, okay? But you get kind of a feel, right? One-tenth as high as it is long. And it's 50 cubits wide, which is one-sixth wide as it is long. And um, you, you get this feeling for this very large. This is a very large thing, all right? Now, it says cubits. And the cubit is a measurement of that era. We don't use cubits anymore. A lot of people think that a cubit was from the elbow to the top of the finger is one cubit. So people estimate 18 inches, 20 inches. Some people even go all the way up to 22 or 24 inches in length. But what you, if you calculate that out, you have a very, very large barge, boat, box item. And it's stunning to me to think of such a big, big thing that has how many windows? One window. Only one window in such a big arc. If I knew I was going on to this big box for 150 days, I would vote for more windows, right? I would say, I want some side windows. I want some side light, right? I, I thought about this. Why did God say only one window? Um, and, and where was the window? The wind in the, in the ark was up on top. It was up above. And uh, was it a safety thing? Was it because people would try to break the windows to get in the ark when, when the water was coming? Was it um, just to not have to see some of the awful things going on outside? Um, others have suggested that it was to make them look up to God and when they thought of getting out, was they had to look up to the sky. Um, so we don't know precisely why, but it is interesting how specific God is here. This is what I'm giving you. Sometimes, can I just remind us that when God only allows us one option or seems to limit us in some way, and we look at others and they have lots of this one thing or a lot more opportunities or whatever it is, we need to remember that God sometimes has a purpose that we don't always see. And I am... Again, I don't, can't prove this, but I imagine by the time it was all said and done, Noah could look back and he could see the wisdom that God had in only giving them one window. Um, it did make them look up. It was, I mean, it certainly was safer to have it up above. I wonder what things hit that ark, you know? Uh, I don't know, but, but if, if the only window's on top and some piece of 
you know, large building or big rock or something comes into the side of that boat, right? Um, what a blessing it would be to remember there's no windows and it's, it's well built and, and everything's going to be okay here. And then also notice the door. It says the door is on the side, right? And it says, um, okay, so the, the window is a cubit in length, a cubit by a cubit, and it's above. The door of the ark you shall set in its side. So there's one door to the ark. It was on the side part of the, the boat or the ark. And, um, and then it goes on to say there was three stories. Story one, story two, story three. God had designed this ark for Noah. He laid out the plan. This is how you make it. This is what it's going to look like. And I'm thankful that, you know, Noah had a God to guide him because he had never been this way before. This had never happened in the earth's history. Boat building was probably not a strong point amongst any of them. And God specified the dimensions and God specified the windows and God specified the door. God laid out the plan. Can I just remind us that when we follow God's plan for our life, we will be thankful in the end. In the moment, as they were going through the, the flood, especially after the rain had stopped, I imagine some of them kind of wished they had more windows, right? When they were wondering how they were going to get out and when the water was ever going to go down, um, maybe they thought to themselves, I wish we had another exit out of here, you know, back, uh, you know, plan B, right? I wish we had some other way out than just this one single door. But in the end, it, it did turn out exactly how God desired it. So we see God's wisdom. We see how God laid out all the plans, and Noah followed them to a T. All right, so any questions or comments on these three verses? Looking left, looking right. Okay, well, let's keep going then. Verse 17, and behold, I... Even I am bringing a flood of waters on the earth to destroy all flesh, in which is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with you I will establish my covenant, and you shall come into the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. All right, so God makes it very clear what he is doing. God is bringing a flood of waters. This was not an accident. This was not just a random course of nature's events. God was causing this to be. The New Testament says it very plainly in 2 Peter 3. It says, For they are willingly ignorant of this, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which, that is the word of God, by which the world that was then perished, being overflowed with water. What it's saying is, by the word of God, God caused the flood. All right? God spoke, and the fountains of the deep were opened. God spoke, and the canopy and the waters from above came down. And, and he says, I am bringing a flood of waters on the earth. God knew what he would do. God told Noah what he would do. And he made a plan for him. And so he says, life, everything that's in the earth, shall die. A full judgment. We talked about the sin that led up to this judgment. But I'm thankful that in the Bible, again and again and again, we see that when God chooses to judge, he first sends a warning. He sends a messenger. He lets people know. And the Bible is very clear that God um, does not desire the death of the wicked. He doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. 
but rather he sends a warning. He sends a message because he wants people to avoid judgment. And he knows that the heart of man is hardened. And in this context, it will just be these eight that will believe and will go in the ark. But I believe when Noah preached, he offered and he said, you need to get in this ark. He preached for a hundred years, the Bible said. And Noah told them the flood was coming. Noah told them this is the ark. And when it actually came, I don't believe people could justly say, I had no idea. I had no clue that this was going to happen. Um, can I just point out that God has done the same thing for us today in that he knows there is a heaven and a hell. He knows there is an eternity that awaits us all. And he gives us his word and he sends people, he sends his children, he sends us to tell others there is a judgment coming. There is a day of, of facing God and on that day you must stand before him in his forgiveness and in his grace and not stand before him with sins to be judged because there is a judgment day coming. So God predicted it here. He made a path to escape. God has told us there is judgment coming, but he has given us a path to escape. There's some really beautiful preaching about taking the comparisons between Jesus Christ and the ark. And how the ark was God's means of delivering people out of the flood. And for us, there is coming a second worldwide judgment. And the second worldwide judgment will not come by water, but it will come by fire. And Second Peter talks about that, and we won't study that in depth. But the point is that God has promised us there will come a day of fiery judgment on the earth. And there is preservation. There is a path of escape. And Noah preached it in his day. We preach it in our day. God loves sinners. God is patient with sinners. But there does come a day of judgment. Um, and can I just point out that we want to preach and teach the whole counsel of God's word. And if God is taking part of his Bible to tell us there is judgment coming, that is an important message. That's not something to be ignored or pretended is not there. And sometimes people come to the Bible and they just look for the things that they want to say or the things that encourage them. And the health and wealth, prosperity gospel and those that simply speak that God wants to make this life better for you, they leave off talk of sin and judgment because it is uncomfortable. Um, and Noah did not. And Noah pointed people to the path of deliverance for them. Notice in 18, he says, But with you I will establish my covenant, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. God knew they would get in. God said, and you're gonna, I know you're going to listen. You're going to believe me here. You're going to get into that ark, and I will make my covenant with you. Do you see a difference here? All the rest receive judgment. Noah and his family receive a covenant. Do you know to receive a covenant from God is a most beautiful and precious thing? What is a covenant? It's a promise. It's a vow, right? And, and uh, elsewhere, God says that when he swears on his vows, you know who he swears on? Like today, people swear on the Bible, right? They go to court and they'll place your hand on the Bible and say, do you swear to tell the whole truth, right? Do you know that God tells us when he swears what he swears on? He swears on himself. Because he cannot lie. And so God says to Noah, I'm going to make a covenant with you. I'm going to make a promise with you. And when we, get up, when we get up to the point where he gets off the ark, we'll find out about that covenant and the promise that God makes. So Noah finds grace earlier, chapter 6, verse 8. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Here he finds a covenant. I will establish my covenant. 
um, it says. And so Noah continues to, um, to find God's favor, his grace, his love, his promise. And those who ignore the message of God are going to receive judgment. Strong contrast. Verse 19, And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort you shall bring into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Now God says, this big barge, this big box, this big boat, it is for you and it's for the animals. And <coughs> excuse me, during the flood, a lot of animals would die, but not all. And a lot of people would die, but not all. And here, God preserves the animal kingdom by bringing the animals onto the ark. And he says, two of every kind, he says, male and female. Now, I know this isn't that hard for us to figure out, but there's a reason why there was one male animal and one female animal. And that's because when they got off the ark, they were going to have babies. And those babies would have babies, and that's how we have the animals we have today. And God knew that, and God prepared for that. And so the ark was full, mostly, of animals. Um, I know some, some songs called the ark a floating zoo. There's some truth to that, right? Floating zoo. And... Uh, Quick side note, I suppose with only one window, it probably kind of stank in there, don't you think? Can't prove it, but I would tend to think it probably didn't smell that great. Um, some people have suggested that the animals hibernated or something throughout. Um, certainly possible, but the text doesn't say in anywhere. And what it does tell us is what he says next. Uh, verse 20, of fowls according to their kind and of cattle according to their kind. Of every creeping thing of the earth, according to his kind, two of every sort shall come into you to keep them alive. This is what I was getting at. And take for yourselves from all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it for yourself, and it shall be for you and for them. So the animals did eat throughout this time. Adam and Eve and his family ate also as well. They had to stock the food. They had to prepare. And I'm so thankful that it ends with verse 22. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. Noah built the ark, and he built it 300 cubits long, and 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high, and he put a door in the side, and he put one window in the top, and he made preparations with three floors, three stories in this ark. He made rooms in the ark. And everything that God told Noah to do, Noah did. And the obedience that Noah offers during this 100-year period, it also says he preached. So he built and he preached. He preached and he built. And so there was preaching happening and there was building happening. A lot of people think his three sons would have helped him. But if you think of how big the ark was, it makes sense why it took so long, right? He didn't have power tools. He didn't have some of the grandiose things we would have. And so he and perhaps he and his sons had to build this massive uh, boat they had to prepare it, and the Bible tells us Noah obeyed according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Can I remind us that there is always coming something in the future whereby we'll be thankful we obeyed today. When the rain came down, when the waters came up, and when that boat started to float, and they heard whatever was going on outside, did Noah think to himself, man, Wish I just ignored what God said. No. But you know when he might have wished he had ignored? Was 50 years in when the boat's halfway done, 
when people are making fun of him, right? When other people are like, you are crazy and insane, Noah, and nothing's going to happen, and we've never had any rain, and all those other things. And I just use that to encourage us in this, is that obedience always turns out for the best, sooner or later. Now, sometimes obeying makes it harder for you in the short term, right? And enduring the mocking crowds or the doubts of others, you know, that was a hard thing. But the day came where Noah said, I'm so glad I obeyed the Lord. I'm so glad I did what God wanted me to do. And let this be an encouragement to you, especially if you're facing difficulty for doing right, that someday you will receive the reward of your obedience. Um, and we know that going to heaven is not a reward for obedience. It's a gift of grace. But I, what I am saying is God sees. And there will come a day of, of reward, a day of realization that it was worth it to obey the Lord. All right, is there any questions or comments as we wrap up chapter 6? All questions welcome. All comments welcome. Okay. All right, well, 